we are called. And Lord, today we're expectant of what you're going to do in our lives. Lord, we thank you that you never leave us as we are. But Lord, because you love us so much, you want to see our lives flourish. You want to see our lives become all that they're designed to be because of who you are, Lord. So Lord, I pray as I minister today, Lord, I just pray that you'd use my words. Lord, and you would use them to minister to people, to encourage people in their journey with you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Well, you may be seated. How many of you like a good map? Do you know what? Maps are really very important parts of our daily lives, aren't they? And things have grown considerably. Technology has grown considerably over the years. You know, I can remember in school, I was involved in everything. If there was a club to be at, I was going to be at the club. I was in choir. I was in orchestra. I was in baking club. And then they said, who wants to do Duke of Edinburgh? I went, I would love to do Duke of Edinburgh. And Duke of Edinburgh has all different facets to it and one of the things that they do is orienteering and I was like how exciting is this going to be I am going to get to learn to read a map and use a compass and go on treks so I was very excited and I had a bit of um, training going on and actually it's really funny what you remember because I don't actually remember anything about the expedition that I ever did in my training this is what I remember I actually remember my teacher who was we were up on some mountain in Cumbran or somewhere I think we were and he said right we're going to go down this really um, steep path now like down the side of the hill and he said now kids you've got to be really careful he said because it's easy to slip and he said I don't want you to slip so he said I want you to follow my every step I'm like yes sir he was the PE teacher, teacher so you know he was extra fit he wasn't just an ordinary teacher he was a PE teacher so he's like right so I'm going to go down and you just follow everything that I do and we're like yes sir we will and we got our compasses and we got our rucksack and I got my walking boots on and I remember him he kind of took one step and then another and then another and then I just remember his foot went down and he slid all the way down the thing on his bum and we were just like oh sir that did not go well, did it? And you know, like, I don't remember anything about Duke of Edinburgh other than that, which is probably not the skill I was meant to remember from the end of Duke of Edinburgh. I wasn't sadly able to complete it because, well, as you know, I'm not the most sportiest of people. And um, as we were gearing up to our main final expedition, we were playing hockey in school. And I'm just not, I wasn't just not into hockey, to be honest. And so somebody went to pass me the ball with the hockey stick and I thought I'll jump over it and let somebody else get it so I jumped over it and landed on it and fractured my foot and was in cast so I never got to do my expedition sadly but I did get to learn a bit about maps and I did get to learn about setting your points and coordinates I've forgotten them all but I do remember that it was going to be a really great skill that I was going to take with me through life and you know as I've kind of grown up, maps have still become an important part because Dave and I with the kids have gone on lots of journeys where it's required us to follow a map to know where we're going. And we're actually about to embark on a holiday and we're driving through France into Spain and we are going to need to know how to get there. But do you know what? I've realized that there is a secret to maps and the secret is you really do need to just not leave it to wing it moment have you ever done a wing it moment with a map i can remember when we were going to france and we were driving down to pool and we were going to be going over on the ferry to san marlo and those roads are not like welsh roads 
Like, I feel we've got a really good road infrastructure in Wales. Just want to say, there's so many dual carriageways and really good roads to get where you where you need to go. And I was quite surprised when we were driving and heading through Poole, trying to get down to Poole, at like just this single lane road that we were going on. And like, it felt like half of Britain was also on this single lane road. And then a caravan overturned in the road. And at that point, we were using my dad's sat Dad was really kind to lend us his sat-nav and we were using the sat-nav and we're stuck in this traffic for about half hour which then led on to 45 minutes and we were like what's going on and then you know when you just start seeing all these cars start doing three-point turns in the road and stuff like that and then all of a sudden we saw police come down and like you're gonna have to turn around there's been a caravan overturned and we're not going to get it back up and this road is completely blocked and at that point with three little kids in the car and my father's sat nav i was like oh lord jesus help us now so we turned around and the sat nav was brilliant it just said do a U-turn, do a U-turn. And I'm like, I can't do a U-turn because the road is closed. Do a U-turn. And we're kind of in the middle of this uncharted land for us, didn't have a clue. And we were like, nobody had a clue. They didn't, we weren't able to divert us anyway. And there was just all these little country lanes and Dave said, oh, should we just go down this one? I'm like, okay. And I'm just thinking, oh Lord Jesus, we've got three kids in the back of the car. I just don't want to miss my ferry. I just like it would be so hard if we're going to miss our holiday because of this. Um, so anyway, we went down this little lane and we ended up by this little thatched roofed corner shop. And um, we went in there and we're like, can you help us, please? Because we are so lost and our sat nav is not going to let us know the other routes because it just wants us to do this one route that we can't do. And they said, do you know what? We've got a map. So they gave us this map to have a look at and I said, can I buy the map? And they were like, yes. And I said, can you help me read the map? And they were like, yes. So they helped take us where we were and they showed us where they, we were and they kind of started saying, right, you're going to have to go down this little lane. And then, and we kind of followed this little thing and they said, when you get there, there's going to be a little road and they kind of charted us through and you know, when you get the old highlighter out, you know, when you start rooting and showing the highlighted way on the map and we use that and we use that to actually get us to our location and I was like Lord Jesus thank you for maps maps are wonderful we didn't have such a great experience when we went to France last year with maps um, again um, I love Google Maps now. I've kind of, I love a good old Google Map because you can be anywhere and it can even tell you how to walk somewhere where it, you just click it on and it'll say turn here, turn there. And it's brilliant. And we were towards the end of our trip to France and we had kind of gone all the way around France in our car, staying in tents along the way. And we were doing this final leg of our journey and it was meant to be taking us just outside Calais where we were staying in a tent and it was going to be a three-hour journey. It was the shortest leg of the journey that we had done. And as we were driving, we were just heading kind of towards Paris. And then all of a sudden, my Google Maps said, 26 minutes quicker if we go that way. I was like, oh, Dave, Google's saying we can like take 26 minutes off the journey. Should we go for it? He's like, I don't know, should we? And we're like, yeah, press. And you know when you're kind of driving, feeling really very, oh, this is going to be a great time here. 26 minutes off the journey, two and a half hours. We're going to be there in rather than three hours. And so we proceeded on this road for a few miles, didn't have a clue where we were going. And then all of a sudden, we, we were about to enter a um, toll road. Well, we were used to the toll road, so we weren't bothered. And we read some signs that said, you know, maximum height, 1.8 meters. And we thought, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. Bearing in mind that our car is like 1.83 meters and then we've got a roof box on top. So we're probably looking at about 2.2 meters that was the height of our car. So we're driving past these signs, but thinking, oh, it's fine. They're just, I don't know why they're there, but it doesn't matter, it's fine. So we're driving and we get to the, the we get all of a sudden to this, um, this toll booth with this sign and then this flappy down sign that said 1.8 meters maximum and honestly we were like 
oh, this will be fine. We'll just drive through. And like, it was a swingy sign. So we were like, oh, the sign will just like swing over the roof box and we'll be fine. So we proceeded to drive through this thing to get to the toll. But because we actually knocked into the swingy thing, it set the alarms off at the toll booths. And I was like, hmm. I said, right, I'll just put the money in quickly, Dave, and then hopefully we can just get through. So I put the money in quickly, but the sirens just kept on going. And I'm like, what are we gonna do, babes? And like, like my French is like GCSE French, you know, not a lot. Um, J'ai perdu mon, I don't know, I, I forgot. But it's like poor, and like also because I'm not fluent in French, I don't say it either, because I just don't want to embarrass myself by not being great. So I pressed on the little help button, knowing that um, I was going to get this French person speak to me, and he would, and I don't know why we do this when we don't understand the language we listen to. We tend to go into, you are dumb, I'm going to speak really slowly at you language so I'm going hello I don't speak French can you help me and the sirens are still going off and cars are going through and then this guy comes out and he's speaking French and he just looked and you could tell they were thinking what are you doing the signs are saying 1.8 meters and he just pointed to the sign and he said no and I didn't need to hear that, to be honest. Like, no. He just said, no, like that. And I, what do we do? And he said, reverse out and go down this like slip road. And he went like that over there. So it's like, oh, okay. So um, anyway, we reversed out and we went down this slip road. And um, the sat-nav just said, right, go here, 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 here. So we thought, oh, fantastic, it's rerouting us around this little, little inconvenience that we've had. And it routed us right back to the same thing. <laughs> the problem was, because I wasn't planning to take this route, I hadn't printed out any maps for this kind of thing. When we went to France, what I did is I, on the sat-nav, I looked at where we were going to go, and then I printed out maps, and then I had it all there. So I kind of knew at any stage if the sat-nav was to fail, that I was just going to turn over to the map. But in this, like, throwing caution to the wind, kind of, let's do 26 minutes quicker, this will be fine, I didn't have chance to do any of that. My map wasn't open. I didn't know where I was. And we routed round. And we routed round to the same place again. So we were like, pants, what are we going to do? And um, I was like, right, let's try it again. And this time when it tells us to turn left, we won't, we'll carry on straight. And then perhaps it's going to find us another route. So sure enough, it said turn right. And we were like, ha, we'll go straight. So we carried on going straight. And then it said rerouting. I was like, there we go. We've done it now. It'll get us out. Rerouted us back to the same place again. And I was like, Lord Jesus. And I said, Lord Jesus, help. So we kind of got off on the slip road and I just, I started searching. I was like, what road am I on? Well, as it turned out, we found out that we were on this double-decker motorway thing where they actually had one lane above the other, hence the 1.8 meters. They weren't joking when they said you couldn't go in because literally we were going to go in this one thing and then there was going to be a car that was going to drive on top of us. And I was like, well, when did they do this? I didn't know about duplex roads. These are very clever. I think it's the A80. I can tell you a bit more about it now because I've researched it since and I know to avoid that when we're traveling through France. But we kind of ended up just going around and around and around. And to cut a long story short, what was meant to be just a really simple three-hour journey turned out being six hours and it turned out being stuck in three hours worth of traffic. And we were really deflated by the end of it and I just thought why did I do that it seemed like such a good idea to do a little diversion at this point because Google Maps said it was 26 minutes quicker but Google didn't let me know that there was a height restriction on it and it was going to cause a whole lot of problems and you know if we're to navigate our journey successfully like just everyday journeys, if you're a courier, if you're going on holiday, then the ability to be able to read a map and also know what's lying ahead on the roads that you go on is really handy. 
And I was just thinking about our successful navigation of life in terms of travel. And then I started thinking about our actual journey through life. You know, if we use maps every day to navigate us and where we need to go, what about for our lives? Is there a map? Is there a, a set of instructions that can help us successfully journey through life? You know, and what I know that we know is that God is not a haphazard God. God isn't this God that says, oh, leave them to it. He's not like, oh, do you know what? They'll work it out. He's not that kind of God. And because God loves us so much, he actually has taken time to give us a set of instructions, to give us something that is going to help us to navigate through life. You know, we know that we're not the end product where we are now. We know that Jesus sees us in a bright future. He sees us, our lives flourishing, our lives growing, our lives being abundant. And God says, that's the destination that I have for each one of my kids. And he actually has taken time to write a set of instructions to help us so that we don't have to amble in the dark concerning things. So I want us to read about this set of instructions, God's word that he's given to us today. And I'm going to take us to the book of Deuteronomy. And we're going to read when Moses begins to share with the people of Israel from Deuteronomy 4, verse 1 to 2. And it says this, And now, Israel, listen carefully to these decrees and regulations that I'm about to teach you. Obey them so that you may live and so that you may enter the, and occupy the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. Do not add or subtract to these commands I'm giving you. Just obey the commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you. Quite simple, eh? And later on in Deuteronomy, Moses says this. So remember this in verse 39. So remember this and keep it firmly in mind. The Lord is God both in heaven and earth, and there is no other. If you obey all the decrees and commands I am giving you today, all will be well with you and your children. I am giving you these instructions so you will enjoy a long life in the land the Lord your God is giving you for all time. You know, I read those verses the other day and I just thought, God, you are so good. You are so good. And to be honest, if you were to ask me, I'm a parent and I love my kids so much. But if you were to ask me if I've written an instruction manual for them, the answer is no. I'm working this out with them, to be honest. And I have not written an instruction manual and said, here you go, kids. This is my parenting manual to you so that you can navigate through life. I haven't done that. And I doubt there are many that have done that. But when I read these passages, I'm just so filled with thankfulness to God because the scriptures at this outset, they re reveal God's heart for his people. And when I read that, I thought, God, you are so committed and interested in us. God has taken his time to declare his endless truths, to share his wisdom with his kids. He's taken his time. And I think, God, thank you that you've done that. You've shown us how much you are committed to us. You know, he's not just saying, here you go. Right, go on then. Work it out. He's not leaving us in the dark to fumble through life. To kind of be like, where am I now? What, 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 what do I do now? Oh, I, I'm not sure what do I do now. <clears throat> you know, Psalm 119 verse 105 says this. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So God, he's not asking any one of us today to navigate our lives through, our way through life without any map. 
without any instruction. So as I read that, I realized that the other thing, as reading those scriptures, God reveals his heart as to why he's given us instructions, why he's given us his decrees. And you know what the reality is, is God's done that because he loves us so much and he wants good things for our lives. If we reflect back on verse one, it says, so you may enter and occupy the land that the Lord your God of your ancestors is given to you. So God is giving his decrees and commands, why? Because he wants to straightjacket us? He wants to control us? No. God says in his word, he's giving us his commands so that we can enter the land that he's promised. You know, and in the Old Testament, when Moses is writing, it was God's declaration to the people of Israel that he was going to bring them into a land of abundance. He was going to free them from the slavery of Egypt, and he was going to bring them into a land of abundance, the promised land, a land filled with milk and honey. So when we read this in Deuteronomy, we see God's heart as to why he's giving the instructions. In verse 40 of that chapter, it says, I'm giving you these instructions so that you'll enjoy a long life in the land of the Lord your God, the land the Lord your God is giving you for all time. Wow. God is giving us instructions so that we, yeah, you know, this is all written to us so that we can live a long life in the land that God is giving to us. So God shows us how committed he is through what he's written, he's taken the time to share. He's revealed his heart as to why he's doing it. It's not to straightjacket us. It's not to control us. It's because he wants us to end up living in a land full of abundance. And then as I read this, I, I became filled with awe as he, God reminds us of who is actually sharing the commands. It isn't Joe Bloggs. It's not Joe Bloggs. Who's giving, who's sharing these commands? It's God. Verse 39 says, the Lord is God both in heaven and on earth and there is no other. So we're not reading about some man's idea as to how to live our lives. We're reading about God's idea. And not only does it say that, but if we look a few verses before, listen to what God does. Listen to how he builds his resume to give people, his people, confidence in believing what his words say. In verse 32, it says this. Now search all of history from the time God created people on the earth until now and search from one end of the heavens to the other. Has anything as great as this ever been seen or heard before? Has any nation ever heard the voice of God speaking from fire as you did and survived? Has any other God dared to take a nation for himself out of another nation by means of trials, miraculous signs, wonders, war, a strong hand, a powerful arm and terrifying acts? Yet that is what the Lord your God did for you in Egypt right before your eyes. He showed you these things so that you would know that the Lord is God and there is no other. He let you hear his voice from heaven so he could instruct you. Because he loved your ancestors, he chose to bless their descendants and he personally brought you out of Egypt with a great display of power. He drove out nations far greater than you so he could bring you in and give you their land as your special possession as it is today. You know, as, as Moses was giving the children of Israel the decrees, God wanted to remind them of who was giving the decrees. It wasn't just anybody. It was God who had shown himself to be powerful and mighty and deliverer and awesome to the people of Israel. 
he placed his whole weight and provided his resume to the people of Israel when he said, just obey what I have to say. And you know, I think that we can look at that and we can take that into our daily lives. The word of God is God's instruction manual for our lives. And it's not just written by anyone. And I think we've got to be really careful as God's kids uh, whose instructions we actually decide to follow for our lives. Because there's a whole lot of different sources and different influences which are trying to guide us and instruct us along the way. You know, God's word is there and God's word is truth. But we have to choose as God's people to pick it up and engage with it. And if we don't, then we will allow the culture and the society that we live in to guide and frame our walk. Now, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work out that if we're going to rely in human, uh, in human doctrines, we are going to fail. 20 people died in a mass shooting in El Paso yesterday because of a 21-year-old that walked into Walmart. Now, oh, what, what was he following? We, if you want to look on the news, we can follow the ideals of man. But let me tell you, they're going to lead us down a path of destruction. Popular culture and the messages that popular culture sow into us day in, day out is going to lead us down a path of destruction. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, that is what our culture is saying. Our culture is saying, I'm going to walk around with a gun in the back of my mind or a knife in the back of my pocket. And if anyone looks at me the other way, wham, you're gone. That's what our culture is saying. Our culture is saying, actually, at the place of birth, you have no identity. Be who you want to be. Our culture has the highest suicide rate of ever before. Over 50% of girls are struggling with depression. Suicide rates are on the increase in young men. And if we're not careful, if we do not place God's word from the incense, we're going to follow that path and that flow, and God's there saying, please, my children, I've, do, I've brought you out of darkness into his wonderful light, and I've brought you to be a light. i called you to be a light to the nations. I've called you to be a voice to the people that are wandering in darkness. I've called you, but do you know what? If he, he's called us, and God has called us, that's his decree, but do you know what? As children of God, we've got to make sure that we're right, armed with the right instructions and that we're not leading people down our own set of instructions. We've got to know what the Word of God says. The Word of God says, they that know their God will do great exploits. How do you know what our God looks like? How do we know what our God is all about? By reading the instruction manual. By reading the instruction manual. And I believe God's Word, He's drawing us and He's calling us and He's saying, kids, Kids, please, make my word front and center. Don't rely on your own ideology about things. We're so opinionated sometimes. I'm so opinionated in my own thoughts. And every day, you and I need to take our opinions and say, do they line up with the word of God? And if they don't, we get them, we rip them, we scrunch them up, and we put them in the bin and say, actually, this isn't what God says. And, you know, when that happens, God's not thinking, oh, my gosh, he's not thinking like me. No, God knows we don't think like him. That's why he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. That's, he knows that. But he reaches out to us each time and says, hey, you can do this. You can do this. I'm giving you my word. You just got to line yourself up with what my word says. So as we read these instructions, as we read these decrees from Deuteronomy, I'm encouraged because God backs the weight of his word up. But do you know what? It goes one step further. It's not about, I mean, God has said who he is. He says why he's doing it. And he said what the result can be. 
But he doesn't just say, there you go. He then also in these passages shows us the part that we each get to play. Who wants to hear what our part is? Okay, so our part is this. We get to listen, okay? We get to listen. And this is what it says in verse one. And now Israel, listen carefully to the decrees and the regulations I'm about to teach you. Why does the Bible say listen carefully? Guess what? Because that's what we don't do. The Bible has to tell us, because the Bible, God knows. And it's interesting, it doesn't even say listen to my decrees. It says listen carefully. Because the chances are we could be listening whilst we're multitasking, you know, washing the car, texting our friend, glancing at the Bible. Yeah, I'll get it all. And the Bible, God just says, hang on now. Let's just not listen. Don't have the Bible app that speaks the word of God going around in your car doing lots of other things. It's like, listen carefully. Do you know what that's like? That's like, hang on to every word that's being spoken. So in, if we're to live a life that's going to flourish and grow and lead and follow the directions that God has for the destination he has planned for us, we've got to choose to listen carefully to what those commands are. And the reality is in our culture, we are so blessed. So do you want to know how you can listen carefully? Well, first of all, get a Bible. And if you haven't got a Bible, come and see us. We'll give you a Bible. And if you can't read, it is okay because we can show you that you can listen to the word of God being spoken through an app on our phones or through the internet. But the first thing is you need to get the word of God. Okay? So if we're to listen carefully, get the word of God. And that's one of the first things that we can do. Secondly, when I read this, I love that the Bible, again, knows us. God knows us inside out. He knows us, which is why in verse 39, it says, remember this and keep it firmly in mind. So our part is, first of all, we've got to listen. We need to get the word of God. We need to read it, listen to the word being spoken, preached about. We need to do that. We need to listen to the, what the word of God has to say. Secondly, we have to remember it. See, God knows that we're forgetful hearers. So he likes, why would you write remember it if there's no issue with remembering? But God says, no, remember it. And not only remember it, remember it and keep it in mind. That kind of means that we're like really dumb sheep, doesn't it? You know, it's just like remembering it and keep it in mind. Because he knows that we have a tendency to listen, forget. Listen, forget. And in fact, this is what it says in James. If you think, no, that's not me. No, that was the people of Israel they were talking to. Listen to what it says in James, verse chapter 1, verse 22 to 25. It says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word of God and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you've heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So I know sometimes we like to get like, oh, no, that's not us, that's for somebody else. But actually God knows, no, you need to listen and you need to remember it. You need to remember it. And this is what I think it's so interesting. When he says that, he says, so remember this and keep it firmly in mind. And this is what he's asking us to remember. The Lord is God, both in heaven and on earth, and there is no other. That's what God's asking us to remember. And he goes on then to talk about his decrees and the commands. But the first thing he's asking us to remember is that the Lord is God in heaven and earth, and there is no other. Why do you think that God has to write that? Because we forget who's God. 
We forget who's God. Sometimes I think we place ourselves in that position sometimes. And what I mean by that is, is when the word of God says something, we go, oh, don't like that. Pretend I didn't see it. Pretend I didn't read that one about forgiveness. Pretended I didn't read that one about coarse joking. Pretend I didn't read that one about loving somebody. Pretend I didn't read that one about sexual immorality. No, I didn't read that. And as soon as we choose to forget, guess what? We're placing ourselves as God in our lives. We're placing ourselves as the one that's, a, we're saying, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll forget that one. And God has to say, no, remember one thing. God is Lord in heaven and earth. And God is to be our Lord. And there's so much safety and protection in being under the Lordship of Jesus. Because as we've read, we know that the Lordship of Jesus leads us to a promised land. It doesn't lead us to a wilderness. It leads us to a promised land. So God says, remember and keep it firmly in mind. Don't forget it. And then he talks about obeying. Let's read this. This one, listen carefully to these decrees and regulations that I'm about to teach you. Obey them so that you may live, so that you may enter and occupy the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Do not add or subtract from these commands I'm giving you. Just obey the commands of the Lord that I'm giving you. <laughs> He's really like, like just in a few sentences, it's like obey and then don't add, don't subtract. Oh, because why does he have to say that? Oh, because that's actually what we do as well. We add and subtract things all the time. Like I said, oh, I don't want to read that. Do you know what? Dave and I, a number of years ago, we bought a flat pack piece of furniture from Ikea. And I'm a bit more of an instructions girl and Dave is a bit more of not an instructions boy. So this, this instructions, the instructions came with this flat pack from Ikea and Dave went, I'm a fabricator welder by trade. I don't need this. I can assemble this wardrobe without the instructions. And I'm like, Paige, do you want to just use them? No, I don't. I don't need them. So he continues to um, proceed to build this um, wardrobe according to the way he thinks it should be built. And after a number of hours, he's like, Faye, something is wrong with this wardrobe. We've got wrong parts and stuff like that. I said, babe, I don't think it's that. I think it's just that we haven't followed the instructions. No, Faye. No, he said, there's something definitely wrong with the, um, the wardrobe. He said, get me the um, number for Ikea. I'm like, why? He said, I'm going to ring them up. Oh, okay, so I get the number for Ikea. I'm like, babe, I think it's just if we... No, no, he said, there is definitely something wrong. It's not hard to put up a wardrobe, Faye. He said, I'm going to put up this wardrobe. There's something wrong. So he rings customer services and Ikea. And um, he has, he's like, something is wrong with the wardrobe that we've bought. And they said, sir, what's wrong? He said, well, it just won't put together. And he said, well, sir, that's so odd because we've sold hundreds of thousands of these wardrobes and they're all made on a jig and they all come out of the same production line with the same things and we've never had a problem with them. And they said, no, no, there is a problem. It doesn't work. And he said, sir, have you followed the directions and the instructions that we've given you? No, I haven't. He said, sir... May I kindly ask you to dismantle whatever work you've done on the wardrobe and go back to the beginning and take the instructions and follow them step by step. And please let me know then if you have any problem. Oh, okay, then he said. So he, he went off the phone and we removed everything and he started again with the set of instructions. And guess what? The wardrobe went up. Now, I say this to say that God knows us. He's read our mail. He knows that we are great at adding and subtracting. I don't like this. In our case, we went subtract the instructions, add our own. And guess what? We ended up with a wardrobe that was not going up at all. It was not fit for the purpose for which we bought it. And I think God has to say to us, listen, I know what you like. It's fine. I love you. But I'm just going to help you here. Don't add and don't subtract from what I'm going to say. Just do it. And like, literally, I can see him. Just obey. 
just obey the Lord your God, just obey. You know, that's quite a number of times he has to help us along here. And God's cool with it because God's not, a, well, God loves us, so he's patient with us. That's why his mercies are new every morning towards us, and he's so faithful. And God is championing us on, and he knows that we struggle. He knows this, but God doesn't give up on us. And he's like, listen, I want you to enter the land in which I'm giving you. For now, God's saying, listen, there is promise. There is promise where I'm leading you, but you need to obey the instructions. So God talks about obeying. And, you know, again, sometimes we may say, no, yeah, yeah, no. Actually, that's not me. Yeah, I know Dave and Faye have talked about that with their wardrobe, but concerning the word of God, it's not me. We're not like that. We, we, you know, we're more civilized than we were back when the children of Israel roamed in the desert. You know, we've moved on, we've progressed, that's not us. And again, I just want to say, yeah, it is still us, just so that we never think that we're not there. I love that the word of God just helps us know that we are there. And this is what Luke 6, 46 says. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I say? Oh, look, Jesus had the same problem. Jesus had the same problem a number of, you know, hundreds of years later, the same problem was still happening. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not what? Do what I say. As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I'll show you what they are like. Oh, here we go. So God is now going to show us and he's going to give us a picture of what we can be like if we follow God's words. Who wants to hear what the word has to say? He says, you are like a man building a house who's dug deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck the house, but it couldn't shake because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. So God is saying, hey, it's kind of this thing throughout just, this is, this is the way it is with my people. You know, the children of Israel wandered around the wilderness and over their time, um, over, over the hundreds of years, if you read, they did, things didn't always go well for them when they didn't obey the things of God. And you know, that's the, that's the way it is for us now as well. And God is so gracious to us and he's not got this stick saying, do what I say. He's not doing that, but he's more like, will you just do what I say? Will you just stop hurting yourselves? Will you just stop trying to be God in your own life and allow me the pleasure of leading and guiding you beside still waters? Will you just allow me to take the weight of guiding your lives? You don't have to do it. You don't have to do it on your own. And God is saying that to us as his kids. Proverbs 3, 5 says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you what path to take. Today, I would encourage you as God's people, God's word covers everything for our lives. There's not one aspect that God's not thought about giving us his guidance and his instructions on. Because God wants to see us flourish. If you want to know how to honor God, read the Bible. It's in there. And if you say, well, Faye, I don't know where to turn, Google it. That, I mean, let's be honest. We've never been in a generation where it's so easy to find things out about the word of God. 
And we really don't have an excuse. I can remember being 15 and having about four different Bibles on my lap in my bedroom with my Strong's Concordance and this and that. And to find out anything, I would be searching for key words that I was like, well, what does it say about giving? What does it say about friendship? What does it say about anxiety? What does it say about worry? What does it say about relationships? And I would have to pick out a word and spend hours looking and trawling for it. Do you know what? We've never been in a generation where it's been so easy to find out what the word of God has to say for our lives. And like I say, the word of God has to say everything about every aspect of your life. Are you struggling in your mind? Are you not sure the way that you should act, the way that you should think? Hey, it's cool. God's God's word says that. Are you not sure how to love somebody because maybe you've never had great love given to you? I want to encourage you. It's fine. The word of God will show you how to love somebody. Are you not sure how to control your emotions? Let me tell you, the word of God will instruct you on how to control your emotions. Are you saying that, Faye, I don't know how to prioritize my time. I don't know what to do. Well, the great thing is that the word of God will show us. The word of God says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Is there anything that you and I are not sure about for our lives? I want to encourage you today. Go to the instruction manual from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And just don't read stuff. Make a decision today to actually put it into practice. Put it into practice. Obey God's commands. And I understand for all of us, obeying is not our strong point sometimes. But actually, we have choices to make and we have to. That's the great thing about when we place God as Lord of our lives. We're saying, listen, I'm not going to follow my way. I'm going to follow his way. And obedience is all about saying my way has to die so that I can follow his way for my life. And God, he's not left us in the dark. And let me read you what he says in John 14, 15 to encourage you as we all as God's people embark on living God's life the way that he's designed it to be. It says this in John 14, if you love me, obey my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Do you know what? God is so good. He's given us his instructions through the word of God. And he sends the Holy Spirit to help us walk out those instructions. And when we stumble and fall, he picks us back up and says, hey, you can do it. But do you know what? God's not saying, here you go, try it. You're going to fail. No, God is willing us to win. He's willing us to get over the finish line. He's willing us to achieve and receive everything that he has promised for us. And he says, he is the Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives in you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me since I live in you, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. That's, that's quite a big one there. Do you notice it doesn't say, those who love me will tell me they love me. God's not looking for lip service in his people. He's not looking for, oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Not looking for that. Well, that's not what the word says anyway. God's not going to know that we love him based on what we say about him. God's going to know that we love him by the way we obey his commands, by the way we submit our lives to his lordship. 
Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. What a beautiful, beautiful invitation that we as God's children have been given from our Creator. A beautiful invitation which says you don't have to live a low level of life, but God has designed us and God has destined us to live a life that's full of abundance, to live a life that's full of purpose. And all he asks is, follow my word and obey it. And you're gonna see your life flourish. So our encouragement from Jesus today is to keep on, dive into the word of God, be listeners, hang on to every word that the word of God has to say, because it's treasure, it's treasure. And then not just remember it, let's obey it and be doers of it. And we will see our lives flourish. We will continue to see our lives flourish as we do that. You know, you may be in this place today and you hear me talking about Jesus, you hear me talking about God's word and you're like, well, I feel like I'm not even on the journey yet. I didn't know that God loved me the way he loved me. I didn't know that he would want me and I didn't know that he's got a plan for me. If you're in here today and this may be the first, the second, maybe you've heard it before, but it's never dropped and you're here and you're like, do you know what? I, I need a savior. I need a Lord. I'm fed up of being number one in my life. I'm fed up of being my own savior. I'm fed up of me being my own Lord. I need and I want Jesus. If you're in this place today, it would be my biggest privilege to lead you in a prayer to Jesus. You know, the Bible says, they who confess him with his mouth, their mouth shall be saved. And today, coming into relationship with Jesus is like a few words away. He's not asking you to jump through hoops. He's not asking you to change your life. He'll do that. He'll help us like we've read. He'll help us. He'll give us the Holy Spirit to help us with our lives. But right now, if you've never accepted Jesus as your savior, why don't you pray this prayer after me and just say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for leaving the splendor of heaven to come to earth, to be my savior. I know that I'm a sinner and I need a savior. Jesus, will you come and live in my life today? and change me and transform me in Jesus name. You know, if you prayed that prayer at the back at the end, we're going to have somebody stood with Bibles. Why don't you take one of those, have a conversation, let somebody know the great decision you've made today. And we just want to invite you to come back. That's the best advice we can give. Read the Bible, read the thing, and just keep on coming back and watch as God changes your life. Amen. Why don't we stand and let's worship Jesus right now before.